I'm Mel Stewart, and this is GMM Takeover, the Swim Swam podcast. Today, we've got a superstar. Today, we have a woman who captured the hearts and minds of Olympic swimming fans. She's only 17 years old with two Olympic medals, one of them gold. And she recently signed with Global Swimwear Powerhouse Arena. Today, we have Lydia Jacoby. How you doing? Good. How are you? my buddy mark pinger over at arena who <laughs> i'm an old man and and we you know we were contemporaries we 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 were we went to the olympics about the same time and uh, we competed at the same time now he's heading up arena in north america and he was extraordinarily excited about um the partnership that you have with arena and my understanding is that he flew to alaska is that correct he did yeah um yeah, Mark was up there and then um, quite a few other people from Arena and uh, Mike Lewis. So it was a really great group and it was good to get to meet everyone in person. Um, so I have, I have a little insight into what transpired over the past week. So the, there was the announcement of, of your partnership with them. And, uh, you know, before something like that happens, when you have an Olympic champion, somebody who is, is you know, young and a star and this is a breakout moment, it's uh, there's a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes. We knew about the photography. We knew what the plan was. We knew the timing of it. Then we start tracking the traffic on swim swam. And this past weekend there were, and this was a college invite weekend plus international swimming league uh, match. And just so you know, you topped everybody with your announcement in terms of traffic. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's kind of crazy. Yeah. It's a little bit crazy, but you know, that it's, I'll be honest with you. I was a little bit surprised. I was like, you know, there's a lot of great swimming meets happening. And, uh, this is a, you know, I don't want to say this is a formality. This is what we expect, but you know, we do expect you to make these kinds of partnerships and, uh, but the audience really responded to it. I think it's because of Mike Lewis's photography. What do you think? Yeah, he did an incredible job. It was really fun. Um, I also think it's interesting to people with the NIL rules and stuff, um, starting to see people partner. I think people have been waiting kind of for um, some of the like U.S. Olympians um, that are fall under that category to start partnering. They're just interesting. It's something different, I guess. It's, you know, I think that over the years, uh, a lot of, um, a lot of athletes would make, uh, they would commit to college and, you know, Missy Franklin's a good example. She, you know, she had her big Olympic moment. She, she gained global fame and mm -hmm. she said, I want to swim in college for two years. And she did not, you know, she didn't make any money. And that's, that's a tough road because, but it, my understanding, it, it was an agreement to swim for two years and then focus on the next Olympics. And mm -hmm. uh, it's got to feel like a huge weight off your shoulders to say, you know, I've mortgaged my childhood for the sport of swimming. And now I can earn a little bit of money. That's got to feel nice. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's um. It did was was did you feel the door banging after the Olympics? Did you know how how quickly did companies come calling? You don't have to share everything. But, you know, just you know, can you give me some indication of of what that was like? It's pretty crazy, you know. So they changed the rule um, like during Olympic training camp while we were all in Hawaii, and then like. 
right as soon as that rule got changed, we were all getting um, like DMs and um, messages, emails from all these different companies, some big ones, some like kind of randoms, like small businesses, um, like just wanting to send us stuff and um, like get shout outs, that sort of thing. Um, and then like all of a sudden people were like, do you have a lawyer? Do you have an agent? Like what, do you have all this stuff? And I was like, I didn't even know that was a thing. So it's definitely been a big transition. Um, but overall it's all been positive stuff. It's just a lot. Mom, it's Lydia. Apparently I need an agent. Is that, is that how that went? Yeah, pretty much. Um, so it's, it's a, yeah, that behind the scenes, it was, uh, the rule, the rule change, and then there was an, an enormous amount of commotion and energy as companies sort of ran around with their heads on their hair on fire, trying mm-hmm. to figure out what does it mean and how is this going to work. And I, and I think a lot of them in swimming, a lot of the big companies figured it out and made good decisions, like Arena and your partnership with them, which uh-huh. is uh, so you you've had your first photo shoot. And the yeah. first, the first partnership, you know, what's it? Tell me. And Mike's the dear friend. I've known Mike for years and years and years. We talk almost every day. Um, mm-hmm. You know, what was the photo shoot like with him? It was so fun. I actually didn't know that he was going to be the photographer until um, I got there. So it was really fun, um, and I was really glad that um, it was him since I knew him a bit from camp in Hawaii and trials and everything. Um, so that definitely added like a bigger comfort level for me since it was a very new thing so it was a lot of fun mike started with uh mike started with swim swam as a photographer now mm-hmm. he, he's he's uh exclusively with usa swimming he helps us some when he, when he can and he's always acting like a mentor and an advisor but he's done you know he's shot a lot of the covers of our magazines um mike did let it slip he's like i'm going to alaska i'm like you're going to capture Lydia. And he said, <laughs> and he said, yes. Um, so when I, as soon as he told me, I was thinking, wasn't there like a game of Thrones meme that went around with you all over Instagram? Was that, was that recent? When did that happen? I don't know. I think you'd know more about that than I would I, since it was on Swimswear. <laughs> that's right. It was on Swimswear. It was, I didn't know, but I didn't know it was on, I, I, I run, I run the production side and, uh, and really Coleman runs, Coleman Hodges runs the production side now. And I, I talk to Olympians when I, when I get the opportunity, but I run the business side, but the, mm-hmm. um, yes, the, the Game of Thrones thing kind of blew up and, and, and went viral. But when, when, as soon as Mike said, Hey, I'm, I'm going to go to Alaska. I'm like, you're shooting Lydia. And then I thought of game of Thrones. I'm like, are you going to do a game of Thrones motif? What's, what's happening? The, the, so the, the photos were fantastic. They were really striking. This just, you know, beautiful imagery, great setting. We should say this unless someone's been hiding under a rock, you know, you're, you're born and reared in Alaska, born in Anchorage, grew up in Seward. Seward's only like 2,700 people, right? Yeah. Yeah. Tiny. What, 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 2,007. What do you do for fun in Seward, Alaska with, with 2,700 people? Uh, well, there's a lot of places to go hiking and skiing, which is a um, big pull for a lot of people. Um, I swim a lot, as you can imagine. Um, I'm pretty busy with school and everything, but I like to go to coffee shops with my friends and I don't know, go hiking, that sort of thing. There's quite a bit to do when it comes down to it, I guess. 
is it is your is your soul is your is your is your heart and soul in Alaska? Like, is this a place where you're going to make your home uh, after we know you? We know you're coming. You've committed to the University of Texas. You're coming to Austin. Are you gonna Are you gonna stay in Austin? I'm I'm talking to you from Austin. Are we going to capture you and keep you? Or are you going to go back to Alaska? I don't know. I think anything could happen. I've definitely always known that I wanted to go to college out of Alaska experience something different um and then after I'm done I do think I want to travel quite a bit um but I don't know maybe we'll see what happens <laughs> okay so as we're recording this now this is going to go live tomorrow this is a, this is a Monday you're going live on a Tuesday um today it's 75 degrees in Austin how warm is it there in Alaska well it's been really cold the last couple days let me look it's negative three degrees it's negative. So you're going to go from negative three in November. So when you're here in November, it's going to be like shorts and t-shirts. Just so you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I want, I want to help you understand the culture of Austin. When it gets below 50 degrees, people in Austin get really grumpy. They get really okay. upset. They get very, I'm thinking 50 degrees. You're still wearing shorts and a t-shirt. Is that right? Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> Uh, okay, so I'm, I'm, I do want to get to, I want to talk a little bit about your coach. I would like to unpack some details about the Olympics, but before we get there, I want to stay just for a moment longer on this shoot. Do you have a favorite? I've seen all the pictures, and for those listening out there, maybe you're watching, press pause. You can go to where we post this podcast, and I'm going I'm to put in all the pictures that I can. I'm going to load that up because they're pretty awesome. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna leverage some more out on social media, but is there a favorite picture of yours? I definitely like the ones that were shot kind of in the dark, um, sitting on the Olympic trials chair. I thought those were really cool. Um, yeah, with the tech suit and the like my hair in front, kind of. I thought it was just really fun. We turned off all the lights in the pool and had the um, big like camera lighting that Mike brought. And yeah, it was pretty cool. That, that, that is the first of many that we, we know that's going to be happening a whole lot more. Um, so get used to it. The uh, let's talk a little bit about your coach. Uh, my understanding, I, I did a little bit of research. But my understanding is that your primary coach is Solomon Solomon uh, D'Amico. Is that correct? Yeah. And my understanding is he's very soft spoken. He's very low key. He's extraordinarily humble. And then if we if I say, hey buddy, you got to do a podcast with me and unpack everything you did with Lydia, I'm gonna have to really push him to to come on the podcast. Is that does that sound right? Maybe yeah. Oh, he's definitely very humble. Um, we, we've worked together for about seven, eight years now. Um, and yeah, we've always had a really good, um, relationship where, um, he definitely, um, goes out of his way to explain everything that we're doing, um, like why we're doing it and stuff. So it's not just like he's giving me stuff to do and I'm just doing it without like an end goal. Um, so that we both understand everything that's happening. And he also allows me to put a lot of feedback into everything that we do. So it's a really good um, partnership and yeah, it's been great. Uh, I was a butterflyer, but I always roomed with breaststrokers. Um, my roommate in college was always, a, it was an NC2A, you know, D1 finalist in, in breaststroke. My roommate at the Olympics was Mike Barrowman who won gold. And when we went and he won before I did, which was like so stressful because he wins. And then it's like, you've got to win to keep the, the room, the Olympic room cool. But the, uh, but so I, I don't know, breaststroke is like this other thing, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, but I, I've spent enough time around them to know that I, I feel like they are the, the, 
definitely creative, definitely think differently, definitely typically higher IQ. Um, <laughs> breaststrokers are unique. They're, they're kind of special snowflakes. They're kind of like unicorns. Um, do you feel that you are a special snowflake uh, in, the, in that category of swimmers? I guess so. Yeah, I guess uh, people always talk about breaststrokers being weird, and I think I uh, fit into that category pretty well once you get to know me. Um, but yeah, breaststroke's definitely different. I think um, we train so differently um, than any other stroke. Um, it's just you're doing different things and around different people, you know, so kind of naturally um, change, I guess, change sets you apart from the rest of the group in a sense. It's uh, so what I'm leading to is this, that coaches, some coaches can coach. Some coaches are, some coaches are great coaches, but they, but they, they can't coach breaststroke. And uh, cause breaststroke is sort of like a golf swing. If anything mm-hmm. goes wrong, it's all underwater. Uh, you are, you're, you're crushed. Everything has to be perfect timing, torque, you know, rhythm. It has to be, you, you have to be, you have to do it correctly. Uh, so Solomon has some, has some, some special skill. Well, just out of curiosity is, is, did he swim breaststroke? Did he compete in breaststroke? What, where does his skill come from? You know, what, you ever asked where that background comes from? Yeah, no, actually he wasn't a, um, swimmer, but, um, yeah, he's, uh, studied exercise science, I believe, um, in college. So, um, and has done like a lot of courses on exercise and motion and knows a lot about um, like movement in the body I guess so um, it's just fit together really well he was um, a big track athlete so we um, I actually did track freshman and junior year um, not sophomore because of COVID Um, we didn't have a season but um, so that's been a good way to kind of expand my training as well but um, yeah what I'm, when I, so I'm hearing you see through a lot of science at, at your breaststroke. So he's a hard yeah, data definitely. in science. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely do a lot of that with like technique. Um, and we don't do very high yardage at all. Um, so yeah, yeah. It's definitely been a different approach than I think a lot of people have. It's um, a lot of people in track and field friends who are coaches in track and field say that race pace is, um, you know, you guys are in, sw- in swimming every, it's almost like a religion. People got upset because, you know, you'd say, oh, you're, you're doing race pace. And then it's, you couldn't like it. You could, you, everyone had to hate it. They had to call it something else. But the, these track and field coaches told me that this is standard in track and field. And that it's just a part of training. Um, can you give me an example of, of a set that you would do a favorite set that you would do that's uh, that Solomon would give you? Okay, let's see. We do, um, we do a um, set called VO2 max set, um, or that's what we call it, and it's um, eight rounds of five minutes, three minutes of swimming, two minutes um, of rest, and um, the three minutes you're swimming at like um, like eighty to ninety percent. Um, so it's pretty like intense and then you get a lot of rest and then you do it again. Um, so I would, I guess I wouldn't say I necessarily like that in the moment, but that's one we do pretty often as like a test set. Um, and I just record how far I get each time, um, kind of how I feel and stuff. So that's a good one. We also do, um, a 500 kick for time every week 
breaststroke kick. Um, so it's interesting to see how that changes. Um, so yeah, that's a few of them. What, what, what do you go on your 500 kick? Can you drop your time? Can you share it? Um, I think seven, seven fourteen is my best. I think or seven eleven. No, so five hundred yard. I know you train a yard pool. Yeah, so five hundred yard um, breaststroke kick with a board. Do you do um, Mike Berriman, Olympic champion, nineteen ninety two two hundred breaststroke? He did. Like, he would always sit with his legs flailed out next to his behind you know this you know uh-huh. it, which just puts incredible stress on your knees do you do that it's funny actually when i was um little i used to always sit like that like i would sit um like play with my dolls for hours um just sitting like that like that was comfortable for me um and then when i was about 12 i started having um some like knee issues um tendonitis and stuff and so I was going to physical therapy and I couldn't swim breaststroke for a while. Um, and he told me that I wasn't allowed to sit like that. anymore. <laughs> so, yeah. So I've kind of stopped. I do it once in a while to like, see what it feels like, but it kind of hurts now, honestly. It's, it <laughs> but yeah, I like, did do that. It's just, you, you were training before you thought you were training when you were playing with your dolls, but it sounds like it, it's, uh, it, it, it sounds like you're so stretched out that, that it could be, um, yeah, it could cause problems. Yeah. Uh, VO2 max checks out 500, 500 test set checks out. It's a, uh, it's, it, I like the fact that you don't like it in the, in the moment. <laughs> do, yeah. I, you're 17. Do you have, do you have those days where it's like, Hey, you know, I know we're, we're on the ramp up to Olympic trials, but you know, today's a recovery day. Do you, are you able to like, do you have that kind of relationship? Do you say, I'm not doing this today. Today's a recovery day. Or, is, or do you, are you like, are you on point every day? Yeah, we usually, no, I would definitely not say I'm on point any day, every day. I think nobody is. Um, but I, we try to kind of make a plan for the week, um, and try to stick to it, but we definitely do, um, try to keep like an open conversation about like how I'm feeling and stuff. Um, but yeah, usually Mondays are kind of our, um, hardest day. And then we kind of like, um, descend in intensity throughout the week. Um, so yeah, so I usually try to have a really good Monday, and then Sundays are always a complete rest day for me. I think it's really important to have one day off a week so you can kind of reset and keep the high-quality training rather than kind of grinding through it like a lower quality. What's um, How much of your training is breaststroke? Um, I don't know. We do quite a bit of breaststroke. I do, quite, I do a mix of stuff, but um, I usually do at least some breaststroke every day. So, I mean, I mean, it's, so if, 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 uh, are you, is 20% of your practice breaststroke or. Um, it depends on the day, I guess, but maybe day to day. Yeah. Probably maybe like 25 or maybe like 40%. I don't know. You know something I don't like that. I've never really thought about it. Maybe, maybe that's good. <laughs> maybe you shouldn't think about it. Thinking about it is the worst thing in the world, but I'm going to make you think about it for a second. The. A lot, a lot of, you know, I've been friends with a lot of uh, Olympic champions and they, and, and breaststroke in particular, and they're, they have very particular opinions about how to train. And, and some of them would train, uh, they were like, you know, I would, everything that I was doing when I wasn't swimming breaststroke was recovery. And then when I was swimming breaststroke, it was go time. They would have mm-hmm. entire workouts that were breaststroke. 
they would have entire days where they did nothing but kick slow and easy. You know, that it'd be two practices, you know, 10,000 meters or 8,000 meters. Uh, do mm-hmm. you, do you, do you do anything unusual like that? Uh, I don't know if I do anything necessarily unusual. I think, uh, personally, I think that, um, well, from my point of view, I guess, I don't know, maybe other people that swim other strokes think this about their stroke too, but like, I feel like for breaststroke, it's so, um, like technical and there's like so much timing and stuff that, um, you can't train it at a slow pace. You have to train at the pace that you want to swim at because that's how your stroke clicks together. Like if you slow it down to like 50% rather than like 90%, you're going to be swimming with like different timing and stuff. So I like to train fast. Um, I usually, I guess we do quite a few sets that are, um, kind of a mix of strokes, um, with like, yeah, the lighter stuff being a different stroke and then, um, kind of like locking in and going fast on the breaststroke and then having some recovery of different stroke, I guess. You told me that you didn't like the uh, two max. Is there something that you do like? You're like, you hear this set and you're like, oh yeah, I'm doing that. I can crush this. I don't. Okay. Well, I don't not like VO two max, but just, it's really painful. on like the last couple rounds, you know, um, I, uh, weirdly kind of like lactate sets. Um, they hurt a lot, but I really like racing. So like, I know if I have, um, like, um, a set that we do with, um, the club that I train with in Anchorage sometimes, um, NLSC is nine one hundreds. Um, and we do them anywhere from like the seven minute to the four minute. And, but like, I just know if I am going off the block, so I'm going to like give it everything I have. So it just feels really good when you finish it, I guess. Okay. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Um, shame on me. I forgot to do something. I try to do this always at the beginning when we do an interview and uh, Mm -hmm. I just like to pull up my, my Instagram. Um, I'm following you. I think you're like 76,000 followers on Instagram. What's your, what's your handle? Um, it's Lydia Alice underscore. Yeah. Lydia Alice with an extra E underscore. Lydia Alice with an extra E. Is there an underscore? Yeah. There is an underscore Lydia Alice underscore and it was an extra E at the end. So, uh, L Y D I A A L I C E E underscore. Uh huh. Get that follow going on, guys. If you're listening now, press pause. I'll have a link in the post. Go in, get your follow. You got to do this. Um, it was funny that you were trying to think of what your handle was. Do you have a Finster? Is that is that what's going on? You have several accounts. Are you? <laughs> oh, I don't. I just have the one. Okay, good for you. My daughter has a Finster, so she she's got some fake accounts that she's she she plays on. She's like, you'll never know this, Dad. It's like fair, uh-huh. fair enough. Fair enough. Um, get your follow on and, um, wow. I, I, you know, I was normally like, I check, I checked this data, but like before the Olympics, what was your following? Do you remember? Um, well, before trials, my account wasn't even public and I only let like people that I like had met or like people that I knew follow me. So I had like a thousand followers or something. And then I made it public like during trials after I made the team. And I think I had like, I want to say I had like 7,000 going into the games. And then like after I won um, the 100 breast, 
it was just so much happening with press conferences and drug testing and um, media and like all this stuff that I didn't get on my phone for like four hours. And when I did, I had like 30 something thousand followers. And then like the next morning I had like 60 something. So it's just crazy. That is, that's unusual. Um, so I, I have to correct myself. The last time I looked and I, I, you, you were at 76, now you're 78.5, 78,000.5. So it's going to blow up. It's going to be a million. Eventually we're going to look up here in a few years. You have a million followers and, uh, yeah, so this is your future. That's what, that's what we're looking forward to. The, let's get, I would like to get to the Olympics. I was at trials. Trials was exciting. Um, trials was, you know, it was, a, it, you, you were with a, a big story of trials, of course, in which we covered at swim swam at the Olympics after, you know, after living through the pandemic, I felt like we got to the Olympics and fans were like, okay, we finally made it. We're having an Olympics. And you know, I didn't know what to expect, what drama to unfold. And, um, I'm impressed, you know, across, across the, you know, the, the prelims semis and finals was just gangbusters. This was one of the biggest stories of the games. Uh, and, and it's, and you did this like a pro I was like, you're, you're, you're semi one of 5.7. I'm like, that's a boss move, you know, Con- you know, in, in concert with your, your final one of 4.9. Did, 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 talk me, talk me through, talk me through your hundred breast and, 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 and how you felt in each, in each session. Yeah. So the first one, I was definitely the one I was most nervous for um, just because, well, actually, I don't know. I mean, the first one, I was nervous, but I wasn't, like, um, I don't know how to describe it. I was nervous because it was my first race, but I wasn't really nervous for the race, I guess. Um, and so I swam that, and I swam really well. I was just excited to be there, um, like, my first Olympic race. And then the second one, um, I kind of – during trials, I there's a lot of pressure. Um, you know how that is, like um, – I think anybody that was there could have like felt it. Um, so during trials, I was very nervous um, to the point where I was kind of like not feeling very well. Um, and so then before my semifinals, I was like, well, why aren't I feeling that? Like I should be like more like sickly nervous. So I tried to like make myself nervous and that's where the one Oh five, seven came from. Um, I like made myself so nervous that I didn't really um, perform as well as I should have. But um, it ended up putting me in a really good spot. I think I was third going into finals, um, which is exactly where I was during trials. Um, So I was really excited about that. And I felt good going in. And I just tried not to think about it at all until, like, I got to the pool on that um, for finals. And then I just tried to, like, go in with a, like, happy, excited attitude rather than, like, a nervous, um, expectant one, I guess. Let's so get that's, some, yeah, let, let, yeah. I, bef- before we get to the final and, and, and your feeling and we and talk about these times and mm-hmm. Olympic trials in, in Omaha, it, it feels to me like the production of it, the atmosphere, it feels very Hollywood. It feels like we're at a pro event. It just feels, mm-hmm. um, it feels like there's a lot of, uh, feels like there's a lot of production and pomp to it. When, mm-hmm. And I feel like when you go to the Olympics, it's, it's like this meet isn't as, isn't as cool. It's the Olympics. It matters more, but it, it fe- I mean, I just, I feel like the, 
what they do with trials creates it's, it's just so much pressure anyway, just to make the Olympic team. It, it, does that check out? Is that, is that, is that your experience? Definitely. Yeah. It's funny you say that. Cause I was definitely how it felt like trials was this huge thing. Lots of nerves, lots of excitement, anticipation, you know, and then like going to the Olympics, obviously it's the Olympics. So it's amazing. Um, but yeah, it doesn't have that same, um, I guess, energy to it. There's not the same amount of um, like pressure and kind of expectancy, I guess. Um, and just the show part too is funny. Um, they had like a, the first night when we got there um, to, I wasn't swimming, but I was up in the stands with Team USA watching um, the first prelim session and they started playing the music from the light show during trials. And we're all like, oh no, <laughs> it's back. <laughs> Don't want to hear that again. Oh, wow. That, yeah. That, <laughs> it's like uh, by day eight of trials, you're like, this is cool on day one. It's cool on day two. Day, day eight, you're like, let's get the, okay. Okay. We got it. <laughs> the, the uh, you know, you did, you, you were part of an historic Olympics that was, that was postponed and we got there and there were no fans in the stands. Uh, mm-hmm. was there a concerted effort behind the scenes that the team captains get together from the different nations and say, look, we got to, we got to bang the drum and, and creates, create an atmosphere. Did, was there any discussion behind the scenes of, of creating some excitement? Not that I know of really between teams, but, um, there was definitely like coaches, captains, um, and just the team in general, definitely, um, like talked about it and made a big effort to really, um, like bring that energy. And honestly, like, I didn't even really notice that there weren't fans like like just having all of Team USA sitting in one area. Um, we were cheering so loud, like it was like hard to talk for a lot of the games because we were just like so excited the whole time. And like, um, yeah, it was just a lot of good energy. And I think um, Team USA brought the most really like um, whenever one of our athletes was in the water, you couldn't hear any other countries. You could tell. Yeah. <laughs> Team USA did it. All right, let's just go back to the Olympics. By the your 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 first hundred breaststroke, it was you were. I mean, it sounds like you were a little bit surprised that you weren't as nervous as you thought you should be. So you created this nervousness for your semi, and mm-hmm. uh, and almost you know to the point of almost feeling sick. And that was that that ended up being a one hundred five seven, which mm-hmm. I thought was just genius that you were just keeping it all in the tank for the final. Uh, talk me through the final when you, when, you know, you're 17, you're, you're, you're swimming among Titans. Uh, mm-hmm. Lily King is, is a force. She's a, she's a global star, definitely a pro, definitely an assassin. I love Lydia. She's, I'm, I'm a big fan, but you know, mm-hmm. going in and you were second in trial. So coming into this, did you think, were you swimming for gold or were you just like, I'm going to put up a great race. I'm 17. I'm going to put up a great race and get on the podium. What was in your head? Yeah, I mean, I had kind of, um, like, taken a while to, like, um, that, like, night before to recognize that, like, that nervousness wasn't good for me, so I just needed to kind of take a step back and um, appreciate where I was and just enjoy the moment, Um, and I also, this is something, like, I've done a lot of interviews where people have asked me to give advice to other people, and um, something that I like to talk about is like remembering what you earned. Um, and like when making the Olympic team, making Olympic finals, like a lot of times you kind of sit there and question, like, like, how am I here when like there's a world record holder and like Olympic gold medalist, like, 
Um, but like remembering that you earned your spot just like everybody else did, uh, I think is really important. Like really when I was going into that final, I could have been thinking, oh, like Tatiana's the Olympic record holder, Lily's the like reigning Olympic champ world record holder. But like I earned my spot in that room just as much as they did um, in those semifinals. So I think that's definitely what kind of kept me grounded and just like having fun with it. I wanted to podium and I wanted a medal. I just didn't realize that it would be a gold medal. <laughs> so you did. So it was, that was, that was a long buildup. So yeah, I like this. I, li- I like what I'm hearing from you is, you know, I earned my spot. I'm here to race. I'm dangerous. Um, but you were thinking, yeah, I want to get on the podium. Uh, I want to get on mm-hmm. the podium. You weren't thinking, you weren't thinking gold. No, I mean, I like we were, I knew that I know that Lily swims better at night than she does in the morning. Um, I really wasn't sure about Tatiana. She was kind of like a, I guess, um, like I, yeah, I didn't know what to think. Um, but like, I knew if I was on and Lily wasn't that I might have a chance at catching her, getting close to her. Um, and like, the days leading up to that, like we had talked about, like, we want to go like USA one, two. Um, so just like leaning into that, I knew I wanted to be, um, on the podium and I wanted to be near the top, but yeah, it was definitely not something that I could have expected. You know, in in Tatiana's defense, let's be honest, you know, times don't matter at the Olympics. What people remember Mm -hmm. is the color of your medal. Did you make the podium? What's what? Okay. That's cool. What's the color of your medal? But yeah. she she went the 10482 in the semi. So she mm-hmm. had it. She she was on. And yeah. um, but she didn't get her hand on the wall in the final. You yeah. Did. You did. Yeah. So did, walk me through that experience. Every there, there are a lot of elite athletes have that moment where they're they have a swim and it's a swim they're gonna you're gonna, you know, you're gonna live 80, 90, 100, 120 years on your deathbed, you're going to remember those emotions and that feeling of, of just adrenaline. Uh, what, what, you know, when, when was the realization I've won? Oh my God, this is what this means. My life has changed. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There was like so many emotions that like, it was hard to kind of, um, get in my head, but I guess, when I really like realized that I won was like when Lily came over and like grabbed me. Um, that's kind of when I realized like, Oh wow. Like that's real. Um, but yeah, it was huge. It was, took a long time to actually um, sink in. How did, how did, so how did you sleep after winning? How did, how did you know that a lot of people can't, a lot, I talked to a lot of uh, Olympic peers and Olympic gold medalists and they're like, you know, how did you, did you sleep the next night? Did you, were you, was it a, did you, some people sleep deeply and some people are mm-hmm. restless. There's too much energy. How, how about you? I slept like a baby. I didn't get back. I swam at like 11. I didn't get back into the village until like 8 39 PM um, because of like media and drug testing and everything. Um, so I like ate some food and I was just out. I was so tired. <laughs> job yeah. done i'm hitting the sack it's over okay yeah, it's it's so it sounds it sounds like you had uh you normalized and you mm-hmm. had and you had to recover and uh good for you that's cool i like that mixed medley relay goggle malfunction mm. 
You've got, here's congratulations to you. When something like that happens, you know, I I think back to Michael Phelps in 2008, I don't know if anybody pointed that out to you, but like, you know, he swam a 200 fly and his goggles filled up with water and like, he Mm -hmm. used to like prepare for moments like that um, Mm -hmm. because you don't know what's going to happen. How did you pull off that swim? Because your time was on point. Um, I was just like, absolutely freaking out. Like I was like, we had, I, so they didn't tell us who was going to be on the relays, right. Until like, um, the coaches pulled me aside and told me after my hundred breast, which is, they were like, you need to like take today to be like excited about this. And then, um, and then like reset, refocus, you're still competing. Um, you don't have a gold medal. You want one, you know? So I kind of had that mentality going on. And then we, um, they told me that I was going to be on both those relays. Um, and then I practiced some relay starts with Ryan and, um, it was definitely like, I was kind of nervous because I knew he was going to be coming in a lot faster than, um, like Reagan. Ryan, say um, Ryan, Mur- Ryan Murphy. Yeah. Ryan mm-hmm, Murphy. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I was definitely nervous. I didn't want a false start cause I didn't want to like expect him to come into fast, you know? Um, and then, yeah, when I dove off the blocks, I was just like, this isn't real. <laughs> How could this be happening to me right now? Um, but yeah, there's just so much adrenaline. Like I, it, I dove in, it happened. I was like, oh no, like, how is this actually happening right now? And then I was like, well, I have to go. So then I just went for it. I don't know. I knew I still had to pull through because they'd put me on that relay and I had to make it happen. There's more to the story. Is there, I, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but are the, are these the Jessica Hardy glass, uh, goggles? This is Jessica yeah. Hardy. Guy. I talked to Jessica at least Jessica. once a week. Um, she, oh. she, she works for a, she works for a big retailer now and mm-hmm. she's uh, you know, she's a mom, but she's, she's a, she's a really cool lady. But uh, now I, I, so this is right. The, so these are the goggles. She gave you these goggles and you wore these goggles. Um, and then, and the Hardy goggles malfunctioned. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, um, they, I've been wearing that same pair since I was 14 um, and they have never fallen off before, um, like ever. Like I can literally do starts with them, um, like pressed to my face without the straps on and they'll oh. stay on. <laughs> and oh. um, yeah, so yeah, so it was definitely very unexpected and it added a new level of um, like stress and, stress and anxiety that I had never had to deal with before um, going into that next relay. The mixed melee relay for Team USA was 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 you know this was not a high point. Let's be honest. Uh, you you should you should have a third medal. Um, and we're not going to unpack all of that. But I will say this: uh, what came out of the mixed medley relay to me that was positive and makes me bullish and excited about Team USA was the fact that at seventeen you dove in. The Hardy goggles came down, and you still dropped it. Would you get like a one oh five? Oh seven, like it was like a you yeah. know, really one five flat. It's a great swim. Yeah, you got to be proud of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if I had had them on my face, I think I could have gone a like one oh four mid low. But um, next time, 
<laughs> next time. There, there's always going to be a next time. There's yeah. going to be more times. You got you got short course world championships coming up. There's all sorts yeah. of times that are going to be rolling forward. Todd, so by 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 the last day. Uh, so what what day is the is the women's four by one medley? It was the last day. It was the last day. So by the last day, <laughs> it's exhausting. You know what you're. What's you know what's going through your mind? You, you had. You've had this. So now you've been on a dramatic roller coaster. You've you've won Olympic gold, and that you've had this 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 dramatic moment in the mixed medley. Now you got to recover and do the the medley. Um, mm-hmm. where, where's your head at on the last day of competition? Yeah, um, it was definitely kind of high pressure. I mean, like going into it, we knew that um, our team and the Australian team were going to be super close, um, and we knew that all the legs could go either way. And mine was the only one that was significantly faster um, than their team. So I guess I was putting a lot of pressure on myself um, to get that like lead going into the freestyle um, because we knew that like everything was so close um, that mine was really the big difference. Um, So I was definitely thinking about that a lot. And honestly, I was also embarrassed, like losing my goggles was embarrassing to me um, because like, I'm an Olympian. I was Olympic gold medalist at that point. Like my goggles should not fall off my face. Um, so I was ready to kind of like get redemption from that. Um, so yeah, it was definitely kind of a high pressure, um, race, but it was also really fun. I was really excited. Like it's always, I think other than making Olympics, I think one of the biggest dreams for any athlete could be like being put on a relay, um, in the Olympics. I think that's a huge honor. You know, I didn't even think about that. Um, you know, Phelps, Phelps is the greatest Olympian of all time, 28 Olympic medals. Uh, his goggles filled with water in the 200 fly, but no one really noticed it. Your goggles fell onto your face. So you were, you were embarrassed. You're embarrassed. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't, and I was like, I guess, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I suppose I was. It's, it's, I guess that's a, that's a human reaction. And I, and Mm -hmm. I was, uh, a little surprised to hear you say it. I didn't know if it was going to be anger or, or, or what it would be. I, I hate you, Jessica. I didn't know if it was going to be that. <laughs> we, nobody hates it. We love Jessica. The, um, okay. So, so we're coming out again. You know, you, you've got two, you got your two Olympic medals, mm-hmm. one of them gold, one silver, probably should have three. We got sure. So what's, in, what's coming up? We know, we know you're going to short course world championships. What's, um, you know, what's, what's in the near term in terms of you got short course worlds, you're not going to us open. Is that correct? No, I'm not. Um, I'll go straight from golden goggles to worlds. Straight from golden goggles to worlds. Golden goggles are going to be in Miami this year. It's, it's, that's kind of a change up your, your year. You've brought all this change to swimming, brought the Olympics with no fans, uh, mixed medley relays with goggles at your nose. Golden goggles yeah. in Miami. I'm, I'm not. Yeah. I'm, this all I'm the reason golden goggles is in Miami. <laughs> you're the reason. You're the reason. Miami's <laughs> gonna be fun. Uh, yeah, I, it'll be fun. I'm so excited for you to come to Austin. I think you're really gonna love it, and you're gonna you're gonna have Me a great too. time. And um, but so in terms of pro swims, how many do you know? Do you know when what pro swims you'll make? Or are you gonna make your decisions um, about that later? Yeah, I'm not quite sure yet. I'm hoping to hit one or two um in this late winter spring um but yeah main goal is leading up to those like international team trials um in april so um yeah that's kind of where the main focus is so we'll try to work in some other meets before then. it's coming so soon 
I know. Yeah. You're going to blink. You're, you're going to, you're going to get dressed up in your formal wear for, for golden goggles. You're going to go to short course world. You're going to blink and you're going to be at world trials. I'm glad you're young and you're full of energy and you can handle oh. this. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy to think about another trials meet coming up already. You've, you've, accomplished, you've accomplished so much and you're going to get to come to live in Austin. Yeah. I'm excited. The, I, I think okay. recently the London times called Austin, like the number one city in the, on earth, in the world for real estate. And uh, I, I talked to your mom briefly at one point. I was like, are you guys who moved to Austin? She's <laughs> like she had, her comment was something about the real estate's gotten gotten kind of dumb. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy how expensive it's gotten quickly. Yeah, it's gotten really expensive. All right, so I've covered everything I want to cover. Is there anything that you would like to talk about? Is there anything that you would like to say? Maybe some parting thoughts. Uh, no, I don't really think so. I just wanted to say a big thank you to the whole team at Arena um, for making it all happen for me. I've got a great team of people behind me um, with my coaches and family. Um, and then that's expanded through the years with the um, my commitment to Texas, having Carol and Mitch. And um, uh, then through the Olympics, having that whole Olympic team and um, then finding an agent that I work really well with and now having the whole arena team backing me. So it's been great. Congratulations. Uh, Well-deserved. I did have a question. Will you talk to Solomon and tell him he has to do a breaststroke clinic podcast with me? Will you lean on him? Sure. I'll do my best. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below. And be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.